glad you've joined us. Let me be frank with you once again. One of the things that I get asked a lot, both as a doctor and as a pastor, people often ask me, hey, what do you think? People often ask me to give my opinion on something, my opinion on everything from tithing to abortion to what a sin is, to heaven, to hell, to creation, to evolution, to sexual orientation, to gender issues, to war, you name it, they ask. And I always answer the same. And this is so critical for believers to not only understand, but to embrace and act upon. The truth is, I don't really have an opinion on many of those things. When I surrendered to Jesus and made him Lord of my life, I gave up my opinions and surrendered to his truth. God has clearly spoken, and as a slave of Jesus Christ, the truth that guides my life is not of human origin or opinion. That's what I tell them, God's truth. When they ask, yeah, but, but what do you think? I tell them, I, I don't, I just obey. I shared with many of you a, a while back about an impact that a documentary of Billy Graham had on me. At the beginning of his ministry, Billy Graham was confident that the Bible was the true word of God. But then he read some authors who didn't believe the Bible was the true word of God, literally. Now his good friend Chuck Templeton was telling him that not everything in the Bible is true. So that raised troubling questions for Billy Graham, questions he knew he needed to answer. So, so what did he do? Well, both he and his friend Chuck Templeton were scheduled to speak in Los Angeles at a conference. They talked between meetings and Chuck openly mocked Billy. Billy, you're the 50 years out of date. People no longer accept the Bible as inspired the way you do. Your faith is too simple. Your language is out of date. You're going to have to learn the new jargon if you're going to be successful in ministry. Chuck's comments were not only painful, they shook Billy's confidence in the Bible. So one evening he went to his room to study God's word alone. He saw how Jesus himself taught that the Old Testament was completely true. He studied how Jesus said the stories of Noah and Jonah actually happened exactly as they were described in the Old Testament. He read all the verses that he could find about the Bible's truth and authority. He saw again that the Bible did claim to be the perfectly true Word of God. But he still struggled in his heart. So he left his room and he walked out into a forest. He said it was a warm August night, it was late, the moon was out. And he came to a tree stump and he knelt down with his Bible on the stump in front of him. And he prayed something like this, Oh God, there are many things in this book that I do not understand. There are many problems with it for which I have no solution. I can't answer some of the questions Chuck and others are raising. But even though he was praying sincerely, he could tell something was still unresolved. And then he finally said, Holy Spirit, Father, I'm going to accept this as your word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts and I'll believe this to be your inspired word. Here's what Billy Graham said in his book, Just As I Am. When I got up from my knees at Forest Home that August night, my eyes stung with tears. I sensed the presence and power of God as I had not sensed in months. Not all my questions were answered, but a major bridge had been crossed. In my heart and mind, I knew a spiritual battle in my soul had been fought and won. 
Billy Graham experienced what I believe is the great surrender of every believer's life. Our first surrender is to trust Jesus to become the Lord and Savior of our lives. We accept in faith what Jesus did on the cross. We die to ourselves, to our plans to save ourselves, to our plans to excuse our sins, and we trust Jesus in faith. We don't know everything, but we trust what Jesus revealed to us about himself. Our faith in Jesus for our salvation is our first great surrender in the faith. But there's a second surrender that sadly many believers never experience. They trust Jesus as their Savior, but not as their Lord. They trust Jesus as their Savior, but not as Lord of their life. The process that we call spiritual maturity is really about a growth process of dying to your ideas, your opinions, and your hopes of how things should be, and instead embrace the truth of how God says things really are. You see, we want Jesus as our Savior, but we don't want him as our Lord. Because what he says is our Lord trumps anything we think. Once he's truly Lord of your life, you no longer really have opinions in areas where he has spoken. My struggle with the authority and truth of Scripture was a battle for many years in my walk with Jesus. I couldn't accept the idea that after trusting Jesus with my salvation, that I was just to turn off my mind, ignore my very enlightened and honestly impressive opinions, and just believe something because God says it's true. Hear what I just said? Why should I believe something just because God says it's true? Pause here for a moment and let the stupidity of that statement actually sink in. On the day that I finally surrendered to allow Jesus to be Lord of my life and allow his truth to be the undisputed truth in my life, it was like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like Billy, not all my questions were answered, but many of my questions no longer needed answers. To the Western mind, this seems ridiculous. You came to Jesus and turned off your mind? You became some non-thinking zombie robotically saying, yes, master? Well, actually, yes. In areas of life where God has clearly spoken, I just accept his truth and move on without thinking. Sounds crazy, right? But it sure is freeing. I don't have to waste time making excuses for God. I don't have to waste time trying to add my spin on topics like creation and abortion and tithing and the study of scripture and praying and homosexuality and gender identity issues, the Sabbath, and hundreds of others. I finally decided to surrender to God's truth and let Jesus' words become the only truth that I know. Did Jonah really stay in the large fish for three days? Jesus said so. Did animals really fit in the ark and did God literally flood the earth? Jesus said so. Did God really rain down hail and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah? Jesus said so. Jesus not only said these things, he lived them as an example to us. Look at how Jesus responds when Satan entices him to give his opinion and to act on his desires rather than the Father's. Luke 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone. Luke 4, 8, and Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. In Luke 4, 12, and Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
Three examples are given to us, and each time when Satan asked Jesus to weigh in with his own opinion on what God had already said, Jesus began each answer the same. It is written. It is said. Oh, if Christians around the globe could only embrace this lesson from Jesus. Even Satan knows the scriptures can't be argued. Every time Jesus spoke God's truth in scripture, Satan was immediately silenced. We're given three examples, but I believe, and this is just my opinion, that Jesus quoted almost the entire Bible to Satan during those days. Satan threw every temptation at Jesus, not just these three. And I believe each time Jesus quoted the holy truth. Luke 4:13. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So I gave up my opinion on such matters. I still have opinions, strong ones at times, but now they're in the proper place in my life. I keep them to myself because I now understand what they really are. Ramblings of a fool who knows nothing about the things of God. Creation, it is written. Abortion, it is written. Assisted suicide, it is written. Tithing, it is written. Paying taxes, it's written. Obeying the Sabbath, it is written. Homosexuality, it is written. Salvation, it is written. Sin, it is written. Heaven, it is written. Hell, it is written. Second coming, it is written. Eternity, it is written. The very words of Jesus still echo from the desert through history to our hearts today. You may still have opinions. You may have strong opinions. But if you surrender to Jesus as Lord of your life, you surrendered your opinions to his truth. It is written, period. We'll see you in the next video. 